People don't realize it until they see my. Until they see me. Oh, yeah, you really do. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. All right. Thank you. you. Yep. Okay. Okay. Hey everybody, welcome to Crossing Seams. Um, I'm Caitlin Johnson. We're here with um, Coach Suzanne Fitzgerald from TK. Um, so super excited to be here. I know it's been kind of a crazy day, but um, so I guess to get us started, just kind of tell us about your background in the sport of volleyball and like what made you fall in love. Um, basically, I took my first teaching job in California, and part of that getting that job as an English teacher was picking up a coaching position which happened to be volleyball. So I had the freshman volleyball team at Shasta High School many, many years ago. And it started out very innocent and it was kind of a side gig to get into the main role of teaching. And I immediately fell in love with it. So yeah. that's where it began. Um, so kind of describe your coaching philosophy. Obviously you're known for being an amazing coach with all the um, accomplishments you've had. Um, how do you lead girls here and um, at Walton, like how to focus and become the best versions of themselves? Oh gosh, my coaching <laughs> philosophy. Um, I think for me personally, it's just stemmed from having a really, a life full of diversity and like adversity and lots of different situations and people in my life coupled with hardship, whether I brought it on by myself or, you know, it was just part of my journey. Um, I think those two worlds when uh, you've been exposed to a lot of different people and places, and you've also been um, part of uh, sometimes even traumatic experiences. You learn to really rely on yourself. And so I think ultimately at the core of my coaching philosophy is getting young female athletes strong enough within themselves to know who they are on and off the court to overcome anything, to also work in any situation and environment they can. So, um, so what pushed you to, like, you know, I guess when you got that original coaching lab, like you didn't have to keep going. So like what made you like keep going and pushing and giving your love to younger athletes? I think that just watching girls get better. Um, I was pretty fresh out of the Marine Corps when I got that first job. And so when I started to see that I could marry the worlds, like my military background and my horse training background and my love for kids and just watching people reach their potential, it was like, the perfect job because you can be creative and you can, um, you know, it's always a new team. It's always a new puzzle. Um, it's always something and it never gets old and never gets boring, yeah. but the greatest joy is just seeing kids get better. So, <laughs> um, what qualities do you think best represent an effective coach? Um, <laughs> I think a willingness I just say willingness, a willingness to learn, a willingness to take the time to get to know their athletes on and off the court so you can better connect with them. And I would also say patience. Um, I think sometimes early on in my career, I was very black and white about the way things I wanted things done and how I wanted a player to respond. And I've learned over time that every kid has their own story. So you're gonna react to me differently than another kid and I have to take time and not autom automatically assume that kid is being defiant. I don't know what their home life's like. I don't know what they're going through and that's why they might be reacting to me in a way that looks negative or defiant, but it's really, there's a whole other world that they're dealing in. So I think patience and learning patience is so important as a coach. Um, so, like I said, you've had many accomplishments over your career. So, is there a game 
or like a tournament that stands out and like why is this point why was that so important and like why is it like you know stood out over these many games and tournaments and all that you know that's a great question <laughs> i mean i can think of the painful ones can i give you a painful i mean one? i mean go for it yeah uh, there was a, one of the most painful ones i had was um we were in it was the first year we went to the state championship and i had an underdog team and we hadn't beat Pope. It's when Pope, we were still in that division. And um, we were down, I think, 2-0 set-wise. We go into the third, win the third, win the fourth. We have them kind of up against the ropes. We were down 7-2 in the fifth. We came back. Um, and then we were up like 13-8. to Oh. And miss touch call, miss this and that. And I was like, in my heart, I was so optimistic that it was just going to work out late call and a timeout. And, and I just have so much regret in that match, like waiting for things to happen as opposed to doing what I know could have slowed things down for the girls. Yeah. And I use that match all the time as fuel and remember you know, control what you can control, whether it's a timeout or a situation like really stay thoughtful and you can't get, it's like that player that hopes the ball is out. Like oh, you yeah. have to go to the line and make sure it's out. And I think that match reminded me to also coach that way, like discipline every single rep. Mm -hmm. So there's not a rep that goes unnoticed and yeah. you don't have that type of painful loss. <laughs> so. Oh my gosh, I feel like I'm gonna have many more of those. Yeah. But, you know with all this with TK and stuff I know in my personal experience like with um the last couple tournaments like we were at Sunshine mm -hmm. 16 Liberty had gone undefeated the first two days lost in the first round yeah and then yeah. Northern Lights the follow yeah the following weekend same story went undefeated the first two days and then lost in the first round so like I think that could also be applied to like life in general it's it like, is if you hope the ball is out and then it lands in like what are you gonna do yeah you at know? least at least we make the perfect effort make the perfect effort every single time and then you have no regret and I think that's why I remember that match is because even as a coach I wasn't as disciplined as I could have been and um, you know it's it is it's never take life for granted or a day for granted don't take your rep for granted so <laughs> so what caused you to move into a new direction and start TK oh goodness that's a that's a long answer but I'm gonna try to shorten it up um, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I mean, the, the truthful, transparent reason is um, I think having been an educator for so long, it's different than coaching club where I was coaching club. And I think that I had a heightened sensitivity on how kids and families I felt should and could be treated. And um, there were a lot of times where things were kind of getting swept under the rug with coaches that was being tolerated that I was not okay with. And I kept seeing myself in that role, especially being like the last female one teams, one's team coach standing. I felt like oh, I gotta hold my ground. I gotta stay coaching in this and like protect the kids and make sure, you know, everything's okay. But I feel like deep down I was enabling some behaviors by being there. So ultimately I left and probably the scariest thing I've ever done. Um, but at the same time, it's just been so rewarding and challenging. And, Start, I think the culture is starting to take hold. So Yeah, and I think that um, my move to TK this year, that was probably one of the scariest things in my life. Yeah. Because, like, I was so comfortable at um, mm -hmm. 
ABC at my previous club, and then, I mean, 15s are happening. It was just a, it was just a train wreck. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people know that. Um, and just, I'm so glad I did Very it. Good. I'm so glad I did it. And I'm like, okay, maybe I should do this more often. Maybe take a couple risks, you know? Yes. Like, Calculated. Like, you got to yeah. do your research. You got to okay. make sure it's a good fit. But, I mean, this place is not for everyone. This weekend at JBA World, I walked into the bathroom, and there were some girls from certain club talking. And they didn't know, I guess they didn't notice me. They're like, TK's training is so horrible. And, um, but they're kind of good. So maybe you could go there. And I just wanted to like stop and walk and say, it is hard and it is difficult. Oh, yeah, if you're not. <laughs> and, but the heart is what makes us great and the team's great. And I think we had the most successful weekend in TK history this last weekend. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so 17's getting a bit, 14's finishing high. Top five with the two at JV World, so it's it works. <laughs> yeah, so um, what is the main thing you are proud of as a, you know, as TK has grown and evolved and to where it is today from where it was? I think I'm most proud of the fact that it's kind of what you were saying, you know, you just kind of over, overcome your fear, live your philosophy, and and we're starting to create, I guess, a world and an environment where girls can come in and figure out who they are and what they bring to the table. And I'm really, really proud and honored to be a part of that process. Yeah. So what do you think? Um, I know we kind of talked about the training aspect, and this is probably going to be your answer. But do you <laughs> think that's what sets TK apart from, like, other clubs, like, in our area in Georgia, you know, in the SRBA region? Like, do you think that's what sets us apart? I think it is. I think it will continue to be. I know... How to train athletes and I know um, we brought in the right people that are equally as hungry as a coaching staff like our coaching staff coming into the next club season is so driven as well and so that also differentiates like I'm on a constant quest to improve which I don't care how good you get like there's always room for improvement so I think that's another thing is like we have to stay humble and we have to stay motivated and the last thing I think that differentiates us is that I am 100% okay with parents telling me what they're frustrated about and what they, because I seek it as an opportunity to improve our program. And I think that open door policy and willingness to learn from our mistakes is huge. So, yeah. So what would you say to athletes who are considering, you know, making a change to TK like I was last year? And like, Gosh. what do you think makes TK the right choice? out of you know what would I say to them I'd say it's not for everyone um at the same time I love what you said about stepping outside your comfort zone uh I know that if an athlete really and you probably can attest to this like if you kind of give yourself over to the training you're going to see huge results mentally and physically and um just let go and go for it and and know there's going to be days that you questioned your decision <laughs> and that's the day that you'll also learn the answer to that because i think everyone in life when you have that kind of that low moment and you just the talitha coom whole phrase is get up little girl rise like get up one more time you've learned that here and so you know yeah you may be scared but go for it try it and you have a staff that loves you and will support you through that process so um let's think um <laughs> what do you want the most for the athletes at tk i just want them to know who they are as an individual and how they um you know know their strength i want you to walk out of this season 
having learned a lot about yourself as a person, not just as a volleyball player. Like, yeah, I want you to improve your skill set, but, you know, be vulnerable this season so you can deal with the weaknesses in your mental game and physical game and talk to us and then also know how you function within a team and what strengths you bring to others. Because once you have that self-awareness of your strengths and weaknesses, you can build on your weaknesses, mm -hmm. lean on your teammates to help you get through those weaknesses. And at the same time, you can share your strengths with your teammates. So, yeah. So kind of transitioning a little bit, um, is there any advice um, that you could give to athletes such as myself and other athletes at TK who I'm sure want to play in college? Like, mm. what advice would you give to them if they want to play at like the college level and beyond? Um, I mean, I've had girls go on to play big, big programs, Florida, Ohio State, you know, Wisconsin, and some of the best schools, and, I, and I've got one at Minnesota now, but it's just, I think the biggest piece of advice is don't cheat yourself. Like, when you're training, develop that relentless work ethic so that you don't have to be pushed or held accountable with burpees or runs or anything like that become that person who is just obsessed with their technique and obsessed with excellence in everything you do and you'll be successful because college coaches don't want to have to sit around and do behavior modification. They've got bigger things to do than that. Yeah. So. Um, what do you think is the most important part of building um, a mentally tough athlete? <clears throat> from a coaching perspective or on the player side? Um, let's do from a coaching perspective. Um, I think to really get into changing and helping a person, an athlete change or develop the mental toughness is you gotta figure out when they break. And then once you figure out kind of when that moment is, whether it's when they're playing in a match or you figure out when it is and then you figure out drills and skills and environments where you continue to place them in that moment where they typically break until they can get through it. And then they look forward, they start to instead of being afraid of that moment, they welcome that moment. And I think that's ultimately, that's where confidence comes. Again, it's attacking your weaknesses, yes. so. So these four questions are something I'm going to like, kind of integrate into it. Okay. And it's asking everybody, I asked Danny the last time, I asked my school coach the first time. So do you have like a habit or something you have to do before you? So I do. I do. I'm trying to cut loose. Like I, I used to be, I used to be um, so superstitious. And my old high school teams can tell you, like, and maybe even club. Like, I always wanted them to wear like the dark jersey. Like, if it was mm. the black jersey or the navy jersey or that, because I guess probably that first year, that's when that team. You know, I've let that go a little bit. Although this weekend, yeah. I'm like, why are y'all wearing white? It's like the last day. And uh, I don't know, it just looks more intimidating. So, yeah. But it, that's a that's a superstition of mine. Um, if our team plays well, I will wear the same clothes mm -hmm. as I did the day before. <laughs> I will do my hair the same. I will have to write it with the same pen in the lineup. I have a lot of superstitions. That's awesome. Cooper and I have a little gum routine where he gives me X amount of pieces of gum before each game. And yeah. Yeah. I do. <laughs> I definitely have superstitions. Do you? Yeah, I've worn a headband every single time I've played. Like, since I started when I was seven, I went from hair bows, because, like, you know, regular hair bows, <laughs> yeah. you know? And I always had to have something in my hair. 
Oh. Always. And I like oh, that's good. And like when I was at club last year, they like had headbands at the store. They were like cheap dollar headbands. And I was like, Dad, I forgot my headband at home. He goes, Well, I guess you're out of luck. And I said, I went up to Coach Jackie, Jackie Eversley, who's the tournament director there, and I was like, Hey, do you have headbands? And she goes, <laughs> Yes. And so I literally bought a headband. I kept that one in my bag, and every time I forgot a headband, I had to put it on. So I was like, I am not practicing oh. headband. It's uh, not happening. And then, like, a specific story with that was it was one week of practice. So that Tuesday, we had practice on Tuesdays and Thursdays. I don't remember what time it was, but it doesn't matter. So the first day, I played, like, absolute crap. Literally, it was just, it was just bad. And then the second day, we were scrimmaging against the 16th team, the 16 mm-hmm. ones. And the 17 ones were on the court next to us. We were at the very end of the gym. And then the 17s were on the court next to us. And they were one of those big wooden boxes that, like, you know, they stand on, like, hit at you or whatever. Yes. Yeah. And the 17s coach, I guess, didn't realize. And I was going for a ball, going off the left sideline. Bam. In the box. Knocked it over. Had scars oh, everywhere. Bro. And I wore that headband on Tuesday and Thursday. After that Thursday, I threw it away. <laughs> you were like, I'm I was done. like, it's bad luck. No Not more. doing it. No more. No more. Um, I mean, it's just, you know. You do. Yeah, I do. And mine comes from showing horses. So I used to have, like, routines, rituals at the, you know. I think it's okay. It gives you a sense of control. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, what does your daily routine look like? I'm sure it's kind of Oh, gosh. Right now, (laughs) like, on a typical day, um, we have Mayhem Monday after tournaments. And that's, like, I get up. And I just welcome all the emails and feedback. But no, but like on a typical day, I'll get up around eight and then go feed the horses. Is that what you're talking about? Oh, like, yeah, 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 yeah. So I get up, I go feed the horses and just kind of remember that there's more to life than what I'm about to tackle that day. Mm-hmm. And just kind of slow it down before it speeds up, spend some time out there. And then I go back in the house and do any admin work until about one or two p.m. and then we start to head in. Felicia and I will come work out for an hour or so then go right into practice till eight or nine o'clock then go home and usually we live an hour from here so um so then I'll go home and hang out with the horses one more time but not as long sit on the couch and probably work till midnight or one every night and uh it just depends on like what part of the season we're in but it's hard and then on weekends it's like we had am and pm wave with two teams it's just crazy it's a lot and i love it so (laughs) yeah well i think that's it okay thank you thank you so much this is great you're welcome thank you (laughs) i feel like we just ran through that